Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brady and I am a pastor of a little church here in Oklahoma City called 116 Bible Church and I'm here today to share the, the Word of God here for the next hour or so here to preach the good news of the message of Jesus Christ and um, the reason I come here to do this is because of this folks death is a reality it is a reality for all of us that 10 out of 10 people are going to die that has been appointed for a man once to die and after this the judgment and so we come and we proclaim the good news of Christ the Word of God that tells us how we can be ready to stand before a holy God that's that's the most important thing you and I can be ready for a little verse in the Old Testament says this prepare to meet your God the prophet says to the nation of Israel and so I would I would say the same thing here today the reason that I want to preach the Word of God is because I want people to be prepared to meet your God, to be prepared for that day when death seizes upon you, when death, which is the greatest reality in life, is that we're going to die. When that day happens for you, I want you to be prepared. I want you to be prepared. I want you to be ready to stand before your Maker. To stand before the one true God, the, the God who has revealed Himself in creation. The living God, the Lord God of heaven, the Lord of all, the Lord of hosts, the Most High. He has, he has many titles in the Word of God, but He is the one and true and living God, and He is a holy God. God is a holy, righteous God, and we're all going to stand before Him one day. And when you stand before Him, you're going to give an account of your life. And so I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready. I want you to be prepared for that great day. That great day. It's going to be a great and horrible day for many. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. He said, on that day. That's the day that I'm speaking of. On that day. He says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? So these are, he's talking about religious people. There's going to be many people on that day, that day of judgment, when the nations are standing before the Lord Jesus Christ. He says the great, the mighty, the small, everybody from every generation is going to be standing before him on that day. And he says many are going to cry out to me on that day. That they did all these religious activities and he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. So he said there's going to be, there's going to be many people on that day. They're going to cry out to him and they're going to call him Lord. So these are not professed atheists. These are not professed somebody from another religion maybe Muslims or Buddhists. These are people who stand before Christ and call Him Lord only to hear, depart from Me. You workers of lawlessness, I never knew you. So folks, I want to talk to you this next hour or so about how you can know that you know Christ. How you can know that you're not going to hear those words on that day, depart from Me. Those are the words that you do not want to hear on the day of judgment from the Lord Jesus Christ as you're expecting heaven only to hear Him say, Depart from Me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. 
Of course he knows who we are. He is omniscient. He knows all things. But what that language is speaking of is an intimate saving knowledge. The Bible says the Lord is exalted. Although the Lord is exalted, yet He regards the lowly, but the haughty He knows from afar. That means those who are lowly, those who are humble, those who have humbled themselves and repented of their sins and, and, and bowed the knee to Jesus Christ. Those are the lowly, the meek. The Lord, the Lord has regard for those. The Lord knows those in an intimate, saving way. He says, but the haughty, the, the, pri the proud, the arrogant, the self-righteous, those who think they're too good to be damned. He said He knows from afar. So of course He knows them. He created them and He's omniscient. But He, does, he doesn't know them in this, in this saving relationship. And so it's my hope and my prayer that the Holy Spirit opens ears to hear His Word today. God must open your ears and, and enable you to hear His Word. To hear the truth of the Gospel of Jesus Christ so that you don't hear those words on that day, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So I'm going to be reading out of Ephesians 2 today. Ephesians 2, the first 10 verses, I'm just going to read them and go through them real briefly. Paul says this to the Ephesians, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. It says, among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath even as the rest. It says, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, and not, a result, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in him. And so if you just arrived down here, I do have free Bibles on the table. Everything's free. Got DVDs, Bibles, uh, literature. Everything is free of charge. So I want to go through this text real briefly. So Paul's writing to these Ephesian believers, these churches in Ephesus. So this would have been passed around to these churches and read. And so Paul is speaking to these Christians, and he starts off by saying this. It says, you were. Again, he's writing to believers, writing to Christians, and he's telling them, he's reminding them of their condition that they were in before they came to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this. You and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So he's reminding these believers that at one time before Christ that they were dead. Well, what does it mean by that they were dead if he's writing to people who are physically alive? What is he talking about? Well, when God told Adam and Eve that, that if you eat of the tree, if you disobey me on that very day, you're going to die. That's what happened. Man disobeyed God. 
Now, Adam and Eve lived another 900 years, but what happened is they died spiritually on that day. And the Bible says this in Romans chapter 5, For just as through one man, that's Adam, sin came into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. It says, As by the, as by the disobedience of one man, many were made sinners. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, speaking of Adam. So when Adam sinned, Adam is the federal head. It was Adam and Eve that sinned. But Adam being the federal head, when he sinned, the Bible says you and I come into this world as sinners. Because when Adam sinned, we all fell in Adam. We fell with him. How you doing, buddy? We fell with Adam. So we come into this world as sinners. You don't have to teach your children how to be dishonest. You don't have to teach your children how to be selfish. No, we are born sinners. We are born sinners. And so that's what this means when Paul says you were dead in your sins. You were dead spiritually. You were dead spiritually. The Bible says the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth speaking lies. The intention of man's heart, the Bible says, is evil from his youth because we are dead in our sins. So Paul is just reminding these believers that and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were separated from God, dead in your sins. One of the characteristics of somebody who is dead in sin means they have no desire for the things of God. They have no desire for the Word of God. They think the, the, the things of God are foolish. It says the preaching of the cross, the message of the cross, the message of Christianity, it says is foolish to those who are perishing, to those who are dead in their sins. So that's what he's talking about. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. And then he goes ahead and describes it even more in the next couple verses. What it looks like. So, so you say I'm dead in my sin. What does that mean? What does it look like in my life? Paul tells us. He says you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked. So it's a lifestyle. The Bible talks about our life being a walk. It says those who know Christ, it says we walk with the Lord. Enoch in the Old Testament, walk with the Lord. Noah, walk with the Lord. That's what it means to know Jesus Christ. We, it's, a, it's a relationship, a saving relationship. And so it's a walk with Him. But somebody who is dead in their sins, somebody who is spiritually dead outside of Christ, it says they formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So somebody who is dead in their sins, an unbeliever is what this is talking about. They walk according to the course of this world. That's the lifestyle. They seek the things of this world that are in opposition to God. You see, John said, do not love the world or the things in the world. He said, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The world means not the people, not the planet, but this evil world system that is in opposition to Jesus Christ. It says, when you were dead in your sins, you walked according to the course of the sinful world. And I can say the same thing. Before I came to Christ, I walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. What is a person who's dead in sin, what does their life look like? It's disobedient to the things of God. 
And they're, and they're walking according to the sinful, evil, wicked world system or this present evil age. And they're walking according to the prince of the power of the air. Who is that? That is the devil. That is Satan. The God of this world. Unbelievers are walking according to the things of the devil. The things of the flesh. The things that are in opposition to God. You see, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the devil is the God of this world. Little g. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Did you know if you're not in Jesus Christ today, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, then the devil has you on his lap as his child rocking you to sleep spiritually. Your eyes are blind to the things of God. You think you're a good person, that you're going to enter heaven by your own works. And that is a lie. Folks, these are the results. These are the characteristics of somebody who is dead in their sin. If you're an unbeliever, this describes you today. You love your sin. That's what this is saying. He goes on to say in the next verse. He says, among them, we too. So Paul includes himself. Nobody comes into this world as a Christian. Paul is saying at one time, I was dead in my sin. And we know about that. We can read that in the Bible. His name was Saul of Tarsus. He was a Pharisee. He was a hater of the way. He was a hater of Jesus Christ. He was a persecutor of the church. But Paul says, the reality was, is I was dead in my sin, just like you were. I was spiritually dead. He says, among them, we too, all formerly. Now he's going to describe what it looks like. He's going to describe what, what being dead in sin looks like. Among them, we too, all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh. The lust of our flesh. When somebody is not a Christian, somebody is not born again, somebody is dead in their sin, they live according to the lust of the flesh. And that's what John just I just read well ago in 1 John chapter 2. Do not love the world or the things in the world. It says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. It says, all these things are going to pass away. The world is going to pass away. This present evil age, this world as we know it, one day will pass away and all of its lust. But it says, whoever does the will of God lives forever. What is the will of God for you today if you do not know Jesus Christ? It is to repent, to turn away from your sins, and to trust in Jesus Christ alone as your Lord and your Savior. That's the will of God for you today. If you do not know Christ, if you are dead in your sin, understand this, that life is short. Life is short. This is an urgent message. It has been appointed for a man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Judgment day is coming. Judgment day is coming. Hell is coming for many people. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin, what you have earned because of your sin is death. Physical death and eternal death. In the lake of fire where the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever and they have no rest there or not. That's the penalty for sin. Folks, and I don't want you to experience that. Which is why I'm here. But he says that's the lifestyle. Paul says I live like that according to the lust of our flesh. Indulging the desires of the flesh. 
right? The lust of the flesh. What are the lusts of the flesh? Sexual immorality, greed, covetousness, anger, jealousies, envies, hatred, dissensions, gossip. All of these things are the lusts of the flesh. And somebody who is dead in their sin, they indulge the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Jesus said if you look with lust, you've already committed adultery in the heart. These are sinful thoughts of the heart and of the mind. When you, when you break the tenth commandment, it says you shall not covet. These are sins that we can't see outwardly. They take place in the heart. Jesus said out of the heart come evil thoughts and murder and adultery and sexual immorality and theft and false witness and slander. And God knows the secrets of the heart. His eyes are in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. The Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. So in other words, guys, we can't hide from God. We can't hide from God. When, when, when Jonah was commanded to go preach to Nineveh, it says he fled went the other way and tried to run from the presence of the Lord. Folks, God is omniscient. He sees us no matter where we're at. It says if we make our bed in the pit of hell, He's there. Hell is not the absence of God. It's the absence of the love of God, of the mercy of God. Okay? So that's why we're here to preach the good news of Christ that there's hope. There's hope for sinners like you and me. And so He says this. He says, and, and if you guys need a Bible, everything's free on this table, okay? Everything's free. Everything's free. I got a... Yes, these are DVDs. And I'd like to give you one of these as well. Hold on just a second. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to us. Hey, buddy, how you doing, man? You doing all right? It's our birthday. You read that? And if you guys got any questions, I'll be done preaching in just a few moments. Okay. All right, man. John, take care, man. Thank you. God bless you. All right. God bless you, John. Continue to speak, God. I sure will. But he just says, and I was reading out of Ephesians 2, Paul's writing to these Christians. He's reminding them that they used to be dead in their sin before they came to Christ. They were dead in their sin. They walked according to the, the course of this world, this evil world system, according to the lust of their flesh, according to the prince of the power of the air, who is the devil. That's Unbelievers are not following after Christ. I lived for 22 years of my life not following after Christ, but following the lust of my flesh. Like an animal, really. I was no different than an animal. Just the lust of my flesh. And so, but, but Paul says this. He included himself. He said, among them, we too, we too, all formerly lived like this. Nobody comes into the world as a Christian. We must be born again. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And so he says this. And we're by nature. He's speaking of himself and all those who are dead in their sin. We're by nature children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. Children of wrath, not children of God. Okay? The Bible makes a distinction. The only... Now, we are all children of God in the sense that He is our Creator. But in the sense of being adopted into His family, the Bible makes a distinction. In 1 John chapter 3, it says, By this we know who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not a child of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. In other words, you'll hear people say, I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I just hate other Christians. That doesn't make sense. If you're born of God's Spirit, you're going to love God's people. 
the, Jesus called the Pharisees of his day, the religious leaders, he said, your father is the devil. So we are made children of God when God adopts us into his family through faith in his son. Okay, that's real important to remember. Paul even says, I was a child of wrath. See, so up to this point, it's, it's bad news that he's painting here. That we are sinners, that if you're not in Christ, you are spiritually dead, dead in your sin, following after the course of this world, after the lust of your flesh, after the father of lies who is the devil, the God of this world. And, and folks, if, if the message ended right there, it's just doom and judgment for all, for all of us. But it doesn't. The very next word, the, the very next two words is one of the most important, glorious phrases in the Bible. Because after giving this, this painting this picture of bad news, and in order to understand the good news, we need to understand the bad news, right? And he says this, We were all by nature children of wrath, even as the rest, but God. But God, there's a transition here. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Do you remember? He's writing to believers. And He's reminding them. It was a gloomy, dark picture. You were dead in your sins, deserving under the wrath of God, deserving the punishment of God in an eternal hell, but God. But God. Folks, the Bible says God demonstrated His own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, we have, we have broken His law, every single one of us, intentionally and willfully. While we were yet sinners, God demonstrated His own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what this is talking about. The but God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. That whoever would believe in Him, that word means to trust, folks. That's not just a, I believe that He exists, but it's a entrusting oneself to. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever would believe upon Him, trust Him, be in evidence in the fact that you follow Him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. Would not perish. What is that talking about? Would not perish in eternity in a place called hell. Jesus Christ spoke much about hell because Jesus Christ was love incarnate. If you love somebody, you're going to warn somebody of danger. If a bridge is out, there's a road and the bridge is out and it's a 100 foot drop off. And I see a blind man walking. If I love the man, I'm going to warn him. Blind man, please don't go any further. And folks, the Bible says that those who are dead in their sin are spiritually blind. It says, it says this in 2 Corinthians 4. It says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. It says, in their case, the God of this world, who is the devil, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. If you do not understand the glory of Christ, and how urgent this message is, and how what danger you are in because of your sin outside of Christ is because you're blind. And it's only by the power of God, the power of the Word of God, through the power of His Spirit, that He will open your eyes. And it comes 
as the Word of God is preached. That's why I'm here to preach. It says, how are they, how are they here without a preacher? How will they believe unless someone tells them? This is a message of good news. Folks, that although you and I, we, we are sinners, we come into this world separated from God because of our sin. Dead in our sin, as this passage is saying. Under the wrath of God. Deserving His judgment because, because God is holy. He is perfect. He is a perfect judge. What would a just judge do with a guilty criminal? He would see to it that that man is punished. And we all, we've been made in the image of God. We understand that. When we watch the news and we see a man guilty of, of, of harming a little child, we want justice to be done because we're made in His image. And God is a just judge. God will see to it that those who are guilty will receive justice. But folks, we're all guilty. So, so how does He deal with our sin and remain just? By sending His Son. He sent His Son into this world born of a virgin who fully God and fully man, He put on human flesh. And He lived the perfect life in our place that we can't live. That's part of the good news. Not that just that He died, but that He lived. My life is tainted with sin. But Jesus was perfect in word, thought, and deed. Never sinning one time. Loved the Lord as God with all of His heart, soul, strength, and mind. All the days of His life. You and I can't do that for one moment. But Jesus was perfect being fully God and fully man, He lived the perfect life that God required. He was the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. That's who He was. And He went to the cross as the perfect sacrificial Lamb of God. He went to God's altar, that rugged cross, after being beaten with a cat and nine tails. Unrecognizable as a human being. He was marred beyond... beyond you cannot even see, recognize that He was human. He was beaten so bad and was placed upon the cross. And the Bible says, upon the cross, the Lord was pleased to crush Him. God the Father poured out His wrath that, was, that you and I deserve, that sinners deserve, His anger and the punishment that we deserve in eternity in hell. And He poured it out upon His Son in full as if He lived our sinful life. And Jesus cried out, My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me? You see, you and I were under the curse of God for breaking His law. All who rely on the works of law are under a curse. It says, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law. That's all of us. None of us have obeyed the law perfectly, God's law. We are under the curse of God. But He sent His Son into this world and said, Christ redeemed us. From the curse of the law. How? By becoming a curse for us. He became a curse on that tree as the wrath of God was poured out upon the beloved Son. Paid our debt in full. He cried out upon the cross, it is finished. That means it is accomplished. The debt has been paid in full. Sinners are free to go through His death his burial and His resurrection on the third day. He rose from the grave. He said, it is done. He said, I am the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. The Bible says it was not possible for Jesus Christ to be held by death. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? 
See, if you want to escape death, if you want to escape the grave, if you want to escape the power of death, the fear of death, then you must come to Christ, the one who defeated death. You see, those whom He died for upon the cross were those who will humble themselves and turn away from their sin. That's called repentance. And put their trust in Him. That's who He died for. He said, I laid down my life for my sheep. My sheep are those who hear my voice and follow after me. When the Bible says that God demonstrated His own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, it's the believing ones. Because if you reject the Lord Jesus Christ, you will pay for your sin. For all eternity. He said, the one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. The very truth that you are hearing today, if you do not exercise faith in Christ and put your faith in Christ and believe in Christ, will come back against you on that day. You will be judged not only for your sin, but the very truth that you heard. God is a righteous judge. And a God who has indignation every day. He is angry at sin. The Bible says He is angry with the wicked every day. And the Bible says that God commands all people everywhere to repent. Because He has fixed a day in which He will judge this world in righteousness by a man in whom He has appointed. And He has given assurance to all that He will judge this world by raising this man from the dead. The very fact that Christ is risen from the dead is great news for the believers. But for those who harden their heart, it is judgment. Bless you, man. So what will you do with Jesus Christ? That's the question. That's the only question you need to answer. What will you do with Christ? Christ is a Savior of sinners, but you must come to Him by faith. You must humble yourself and come to Christ. You must do it today, folks. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near.